a little late to the party, but we finally show up to the where does LaMelo rank in the NBA discussion. We also have some P.J. Washington contract details. Then we get to the list. All today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that does include YouTube. Hopefully you were able to check out the last episode we did on YouTube. Please subscribe anywhere you get your podcast as well. Download the audio versions. It helps us out. Plus, it helps you out if you're on the go. Don't be like one viewer who watched YouTube wanting to see Doug in the grandmama costume <laughs> and almost veer off the road. Just listen to the pod and then view YouTube when you're in a safe space. Don't don't do the roadrunner thing. But that's Doug not in the grandmama costume. And you can check out his work on his Substack, stack. Do you miss the dress and do you miss the pillbox hat? I miss the pillbox hat, which is actually I hung it up behind me. You can see it if you're on YouTube. No, I do. It. There it is. So it becomes uh, it becomes just another collector's item uh, on the wall of Locked On Hornets. Uh, so yeah, I miss the pillbox hat. That's a it's a fun hat to wear. All right, I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. All right, we're like I said, we're late to the party here, Doug. But PJ Washington contract got in the way. Then you're you have a baby. You've told us a couple of times the baby got in the way yesterday. Yeah. So now here I don't, we are I don't like showing day. up late, by the way. I don't like, you know, it was a fashionably late. I don't like showing mm -hmm. up late to parties. I like showing up super early to parties, like uncomfortably early. early. Yeah, like you shouldn't be here right now. We're still setting up like that's the sweet spot for me, because then I get alone time with whoever is, you know, hosting the party. I get one on one mm -hmm. time. That's when I shine. I don't shine in large crowds. Airports. I show up super early to airports. Don't like showing um, up late there either. I am the old person. I am the commercial where they're trying to get people to stop being like old dads. Like that's me already. I love showing up to an airport early. All right. So if you can't tell, Doug is jacked for today's show. He's got a lot of content that he wants Sorry. to get to. And I'm not kidding. I mean, it was it was quite the pre-show meeting where Doug was throwing takes at me uh, and not in like vague takes. He wouldn't give me details because he wanted to save them for the show. Tease him. Tease him. And uh, and he's got a lot written down what he wants to get to. But we have to get to this list. Right. Matt Moore of The Athletic Hardwood Paroxysm. On I've locked Twitter. on. He's a locked on Nuggets co-host. Yeah, locked on Nuggets co-host Matt Moore. Yes, I'm sorry. I kicked him out of the group already because a lot of Hornets <laughs> fans are mad at him. Uh, they were mad at him this weekend, Doug. I know you can explain why. I know you were paying attention to the list. I was in the mountains. I was just looking at Twitter and doing the SpongeBob, like there's a storm surrounding me type mm -hmm. thing. What's going on? But I know there were a lot, a lot of angry Hornets fans. James Plowright, our boy, he threw out an article against Matt Moore's ranking, so to speak. And then, you know, talked about how it's just people are disrespecting LaMelo a little too much. Uh, he had LaMelo ranked 84th, the 84th best player in the NBA. If you want to share more details and give him some, uh, some thoughts on it. So this is what Matt Moore wrote about the 84th ranking for LaMelo Ball. It's safe to say I'm lower on ball than the consensus. I don't see last year as a product of his injuries, though he did deal with a lot of injuries but I'm not sure Ball plays in a way that helps a team win, unquote. And I think that last part really informs a lot of this conversation, helps a team win. 
Because I think if the Hornets had won more over the past couple of years, had won even one of those play-in games, that Matt Moore and others, because Matt Moore is not alone in this opinion. There are a lot of people in the NBA punditry sphere that think this about LaMelo Ball, that he's a player that flashy stats, fun passes, great creator, but ultimately does not help a team win. He has a little bit of that reputation hanging on him fairly or unfairly. And if you look at his, if you look at Matt Moore's ranking, if you look at like why he ranks players the way he ranks them in this particular ranking, he's factoring in regular season performance, but he's also factoring in playoff impact on winning, availability due to health, expectation of decline due to age, expectation of improvement due to younger age, and liabilities due to offensive or defensive weaknesses. There are a couple of categories in there where you can see that Matt Moore would have dinged LaMelo Ball. Defensive weakness, uh, availability due to health, and playoff impact on winning. I think that in this particular ranking, Matt Moore really heavily looked at you know, playoff impact, winning, although people I think fairly pointed out that Ty- Tyrese Halliburton was rated well above LaMelo Ball, and hasn't shown that same kind of playoff success either. Uh, so, that, yeah, look, I mean, I think fans were fair to be upset. Maybe not mean to Matt Moore. I don't I don't advocate being mean to anyone about a ranking. Just make your own <laughs> ranking. Put, put your own ranking right. online if you don't like it. Um, but Matt Moore is not alone in this opinion. Oh, and Not, my, not my opinion, by the way. I don't agree with it. I think, I think like, if you're going to make a – I think, to me, this ranking should have been called – the hundred best players in terms of their impact on winning playoff games in the NBA. Maybe then people wouldn't have been so mad, but he named yeah. this the hundred most valuable players in the NBA. And, and I think LaMelo is definitely higher than 84. Um, yeah. By the way, I'm sorry to Matt again. That's twice. It's the action network. I see the a at the beginning and then just immediately went athletic, but that's not true. Action network and locked on. So there you go. People are going to be looking at the athletic looking for this list so they can yell at Matt Moore. And uh, he dodged it for a second. But now, you know, more people are going to be <laughs> mad at him. Um, yeah, 84, I think it's just a jarring number, yeah. right? Like, it's it's a it's pretty low. jarring number. So so you see, you click on the list, and then you start scrolling down from 100, right? Like, it actually, when I click on it, it starts at 1. But if you were to start from 100 and work your way down, and then you're just looking for some of the more prominent names out there, and then LaMelo jumps out pretty quickly, and then you see 84 attached to his name despite being Rookie of the Year, and it not being really close despite people trying to make it at the end of the season because Anthony Edwards finally had a, a last good couple of months. Tyrese Halliburton was on the West Coast, but LaMelo was doing better things his rookie year on higher volume than what Tyrese was his rookie year. Yeah. So you have a Rookie of the Year uh, trying to say that it was pretty dominant. And then you look at the all-star appearance, his second season, the guy turned 22 years old eight days ago. So <laughs> he's only despite you know, not getting to the postseason, not getting to a top six spot, it's a yeah. problem for the team. It's a problem for LaMelo not staying healthy. We've talked about some of his issues defensively. They're there. And I think you even go to the national idea. I know Zach Lowe talked about how this was the year he felt LaMelo was a little ball hockey. And that's his words, little ball hockey in the sense that he just kept jacking up a lot of shots. Now, when you have so many injuries and right. LaMelo is Context. your offense, okay, just let it fly. 
Hopefully that doesn't happen with Miles Bridges back on the squad, Brandon Miller being a part of the offense in some way, Gordon Hayward maybe being healthy. You get the idea. Context, the injuries were bad. Not only even just the injuries that LaMelo himself suffered, but the rest of the team, the rest of the team, the injuries that the Hornets suffered, that isn't going to help LaMelo either. And so when you see the accomplishments, right, all-star appearance, rookie of the year, and then gets to his third season, plays 36 games, it goes to show you, I, I think that really did a number. The lack of winning for the Hornets and the injuries yeah. to the team and to him, all of that, I think, has been a perfect storm for the national opinion to come right. way down on LaMelo compared to what it was even just a year ago this time. Calling LaMelo ball hoggy is like calling LeBron James on that first Cleveland Cavaliers team that he was on ball hoggy. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah pass to booby LeBron <laughs> booby Gibson. Give it to him. Give it to the booby. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's <laughs> it's it's insane. OK, um, I, I think there is a fundamental misunderstanding in the national media of who LaMelo is from from both, I think, pundits and and fans. And from the pundits' perspective, and maybe not enough of this has really been shared because the Hornets haven't won, and so you haven't gotten a lot of these national profiles on LaMelo. But, like, his come and, and you look at, like, the reality shows, and you look at the Ball family, and I think you you maybe it's easy to develop this sort of bias against LaMelo to say, well, you know, he's just here because of who his family is. Yeah, he's a great basketball player, but would he, would he be, you know, at this level if not for his family? But you look, he, like, played in Lithuania. Like, he, he took a very difficult road to the NBA and was drafted third overall and, and then rookie of the year, all-star in his second year, is one of, is one of the best creators in the NBA right now. Like the one of the best. I mean, you look at the statistics on his yeah. ability to create for others, and he's top five, top ten in all in nearly every category. And so that's why the eighty four numbers stay. How you, how how can you rate someone eighty four when they are near the top of a very important category in the NBA? And had it not been for injuries, if you just look at his stats last year, had it not been for the injuries, if he had just kept that play that he had after the All Star break, if you spread that out over a year, he's a two time All Star. You can't rate somebody 84 who was potentially a two-time All-Star had it not been for injuries. I think that's where people get upset. But I think fans should not be as upset with Matt Moore as they should be with Charlotte Hornets management. Because I think that they should take more of the blame for why this Hornets team hasn't won more than LaMelo Ball. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're in action to provide a team around LaMelo Ball, to provide veteran leadership around LaMelo Ball instead of waiting until they paid him this big contract to say, okay, now you're the leader. You know, they mm -hmm. waste, I think they wasted too much time and, and, and they could have given LaMelo Ball valuable playoff experience that he could have used in this launch period and now he's got to do it all on his own. And that's, that's on Mitch Kupchak. That's not on LaMelo Ball. Yeah, the Hornets have to win, and that's the only way that you're going to get respect because now it's not the fun team anymore. It, it this, this is what happens, right? You have the NBA League Pass title, and then you expect, once you have that title, now you expect the wins to come at least within the first two years after you get that title because LaMelo is rookie season. The Hornets were there. Then you're ready for the breakout season. LaMelo gets the all-star appearance. And here they are even more so as the NBA League Pass team where, yeah, they have a representative at the all-star festivities. And now you're waiting for them to actually not get destroyed by 30 points in a play-in game, get to a playoff game, and then they don't even make it, right? They don't even make the play in the next year. Again, injuries, context, all that. But 
The matter of fact, matter of fact, is that they didn't get to a top six spot. So it has to happen. People wanted the winning to come sooner than what it did because it's not even here. What it did, what it needs to do, it hasn't even happened yet. And as soon as that happens, it's going to take care of a lot of stuff. I think Mm Lamelo is going to be a big part of that. And then we're going to get to see Lamelo get in the top, what thirty? Like actually, be you know, you go top thirty as an all star, right? Fifteen in the West, fifteen in the East. It's not perfect. You get the idea, and then you probably get a consensus top thirty ranking on him if he's a big part of a playoff squad. Yeah, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, all right, maybe this can leak into the second conversation. But Doug has a lot to get to, and trust me, he's got a lot coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We also have PJ Washington details, the incentives, some of the weird things that were in there. And Doug says he's more upset with something right now pertaining to PJ than NBA league pass. He's more upset with a PJ Washington thing, more upset with that than he gets with NBA league pass. That's coming up. So you're not going to want to miss it. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and even more than that. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Plenty more to come. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. If you're asking me, did they make the right pick to find a rookie of the year? Probably not. But did they make the right pick long term? I think I think they might have. All right. Well, oh, no, 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 no. That is that is weak. That dismount, you buckled. You look like Rick Ross jumping off a diving board. <laughs> that was a, I think they might have after being... Oh, I gotta yeah. get my, you know, you look. I gotta give myself room to wiggle, baby. Right, I gotta have uh, room to wiggle. Okay. You gotta get the wiggle room. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I think that's foreshadowing. I think. Uh, if I, don't I know, know what you, you're talking about, I have no idea what you're talking about. If I know you well enough, understanding that we're going to talk about the P.J. Washington contract okay. and Bobby Mark's tweet about the P.J. Washington My contract. baby boy, the opinion, Bobby. The opinions about the P.J. Washington contract that would follow the information, I have a feeling that you were foreshadowing with that bump. Here are the details, people. So we know that P.J. signed an incentive-laden three-year, $48 million contract. million, and there would be $500,000 bonuses in there. So here's the structure for PJ. $500,000 per season if he appears in 74 or more games Mm. and plays at least 2,400 minutes. The bonuses are considered unlikely for cap purposes because Washington played 73 games last year (laughs) and 2,380 minutes in 2022 and 2023. First-year salary, it's actually a descending contract. First-year salary starts at $16.8 million. Then it declines each season. $15.5 million the second year. $14.2, all guaranteed, but $14.2 million. It goes down in value 
as the year goes on, instead instead of these ascending contracts that you see, Terry Rozier has an ascending contract. I, I believe Gordon Hayward certainly did. I can look at the payroll. Bottom line is, we argued about what is more valuable. Is it more valuable to the team or is it more valuable to P.J. Washington? Does Bobby Mark's information change your opinion at all, Doug? Well, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change my opinion because we weren't arguing team-friendly or player-friendly contract. Because I knew, right. I mean, we knew some of the details. We didn't know these exact details. But that's not what we were arguing. What we were, what we were arguing is who is the contract more valuable to? Is it more <laughs> valuable to the Charlotte Hornets or is it more valuable to P.J. Mm. Washington? And I still believe, because there was zero market for P.J. Washington, that getting three years of guaranteed money, even if it declines, well, heck, you get you get more money right up front. That's 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 nice. You get more money immediately, um, and okay. and <laughs> and there is the possibility for a bonus. Maybe it is unlikely because it's. I think you look at this and go, well, it's just one more game in twenty minutes. But contextually, like last season, he played those minutes because he was starting a lot and he was playing a lot of minutes because a lot of people were injured and he wasn't, and so it's. You're one injury away, or even if you stay healthy all season, you, you might not even hit those numbers because you might not be starting. Uh, they have a glut with Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward. They have a they have a glut at that particular how they're going to structure this roster and how they're going to structure the minutes will be very interesting. PJ could could get significant minutes, but we just don't know. And so you know, yes, all, all of that. It's a team friendly contract. I'm not debating that. I, I wasn't arguing that yesterday. What I was arguing is it's more valuable to P.J. Washington because it's long-term money when he had zero market. Wiggle room, baby. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wiggle room, Branson. Look at you. Look at you dancing. Yes. Well, listen, um, listen, I argue what I argue. You, can, Walker, you can argue what you argue, and fans can argue what they argue. I argue what I argue, and when I argue what I argue, I'm always right. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful relationship we have and every you know i only cry every two weeks doing this podcast it's only every two weeks that's it so when we go to pj washington the contract look no but it is team friendly like it really is and yeah. I, I know actually as we joke about it there there is an angle it's not the hardest of wiggle room answers you've ever given you are right about that you do have the guaranteed money there wasn't another team that was going to give that much at least that we know of and so the Hornets didn't have to go up even close to the $20 million high asking point that PJ was going for. But it also is even better than we thought because this thing goes down. Why is that important? Little... Tell, tell me why that's important. Because I think fans hear that. They go, okay, it goes down. What is that? What's the big deal with that? Why is that important? Well, I mean, one, it just frees up cap space as you go. That's pretty clear. But also the LaMelo Ball contract kicks in. And so mm -hmm. when you're talking about every dollar, every penny saved, then you're discussing some of that because Lamelo is going to have a huge hit. You're also talking about a little bit more cap space because Miles Bridgeson is going to be on the books. Then when, you know, it's, I don't think it's going to, it's not going to matter for Mark Williams contract as much because three-year deal PJ is going to come off the books. Anyway, I guess the length matters for Mark Williams more than the actual figure matters for Mark Williams. So those are a couple of ways that it helps the team. Last thing I'll say, unlikely incentives, I think that it's oftentimes maybe it's because players don't like the incentives. You know, it, it you don't see these negotiated into a ton of NBA contracts, but it's a really nice tool for teams to be able to use unlikely incentives because they don't count towards the cap, right? So when you're talking about the $500,000 that could be going to PJ every year, 
that will be just a little more wiggle room that the Charlotte Hornets have. And that's something that they can exploit. So this Rashawn Holmes, I think, agreed to this type of contract when he agreed to an unlikely incentive deal with the Sacramento Kings during his free agency period a couple of years ago. Those are some of the reasons that it helps. And um, it only proved, I, I think it to me, yeah, I, I think it's great, right? PJ gets paid. It, it's not like such a decrease either. It gets you, know, you to 16. Like it gets you. I, I think there probably was a desire to get, if you weren't going to get to 20, there probably was talk and talk and talk and talk. And then there, there was this magic number of 16. And so you get them to 16, but you don't quite get yeah. them to 16. Right. And I also think it makes it more tradable, right? The, the descending contract as it goes down is just going to make it, when you factor in also that there aren't any player or team options in this deal, it just, to me, makes this significantly more tradable as the years go down. Here's something else interesting about this whole... Oh, go ahead, Walker. Go. You got something. Well, I, I know it's coming, right? I just wanted to get one last point in before the frustration on something to do with PJ gets in there. What I wanted to say was th this does... There is a little bit of this that sucks for PJ, right? Because, yeah, he didn't get what he asked for. Sure. I, I'm not even looking at it at that surface level. But you are talking about a guy that played a lot of games last year mm -hmm. and could have even played more, but they just were out of it. So they're not play, they're not rushing to put PJ out there at the end of the season. So maybe that actually helps him. Basically, this is a PJ, if you get hurt for any significant length of time, five hundred thousand dollars is staying with the team because the dude played 73 games and twenty four hundred minutes. And you're right, Doug. This is a team that is getting Miles Bridges back. You hope that they don't have as many injuries this upcoming season. I still think PJ is going to play a big role. I still think he's going to be an important player. I think Steve Clifford loves PJ Washington. He's still the coach. So that's going to help him this season. But also if he misses any games, then you're talking about what him averaging 33 minutes per contest last year, it's going to go down. And even with teams using unlikely incentives that are technically true, that aren't, that aren't crazy to feel like PJ can get there. It's not crazy. If PJ plays 80 games next year, just doesn't get hurt. Then great. He probably reaches it, but it, it's pretty unlikely. Like it is to the definition, true and true. It's, it's a pretty unlikely incentive for PJ. So Mitch Kupchak's role in all of this, I find extremely interesting, uh, but Walker just bogarted all my time. And so I'm going to save. there are two other thoughts I have on Mitch Kupchak and PJ Washington and this whole deal that I find extremely interesting, but you're going to have to wait until tomorrow's show to hear what I have to say on that because I have to get to this other thing that I'm super upset about because the press release comes out on this. The official press release from the Charlotte Hornets comes out on this deal, and I look at it, and I look at the first couple of words on the press release, and it already makes me angry, and it's PJ with dot, dot. We have to decide, is it P dot J dot or... Is it P no dot J no dot? Because everybody keeps flipping this on me. If you look at different sources, basketball reference, NBA.com, PJ's own Twitter account, it's just like we cannot decide whether it's P dot J dot or is it just PJ with no dots. We have to figure this out. Yeah, I'm a big fan of no dots at all because it looks weird with that last period in there. It just does. And you can't go one. If you go one, you have to go two. 
but I don't like the way that the second dot looks. And so just go PJ without any dots in there, maybe on a contract, but everybody else. Nah, you don't have to use the dots. I don't care whether it's dots or no dots. We just need to make a decision. Okay. We have flip-flopped it. The Hornets organization has flip-flopped on this. I feel like th there have been a lot of flip-flops on this, and I need a decision to be made. Walker, I'm going to leave it up to you because I'm not in Charlotte. I won't be there on, most likely, I will not be there on media day. I'm too dangerous for media day. They won't let me in. Uh, even if they credential me, they wouldn't even let me in. They're like, I don't care. We can't let you in. You're too dangerous. We we saw you in the grandma dress. You're too dangerous for this, for this yeah. media day. You will be there, most likely. I need you to ask P.J. Washington, dots or no dots, what are we doing here? Because, look, I write for everyhornetsboxscore.com, and I'm writing his name all the time, and I want to get it right, and I want to be consistent. You know, consistency, big issue for P.J. Washington. We need to figure this out. Okay. Um, I'm glad we're asking the important questions, God. as we always do. So let's continue that and be consistent ourselves. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Time to get to the top 35 list. I apologize to Doug for not letting him go even a little more dangerous. And, and still, instead of just not being allowed at media day, actually having the Hornets file a restraining order against Doug, but we'll have to wait <laughs> for that day to come. That'll be tomorrow. We'll get to hear some of those takes. Top 35 list, nicknames, best players of all time. Coming up next, Locked on Hornets. All right, Doug, I stole your time last time. So why don't you go ahead and lead us off with the nickname list? Well, I want to actually, I, I know you have a very important name, but you're only revealing one name. And it, it, it matters to this whole show. So I would actually like to th okay. throw the ball back to you and say, <laughs> I want to hear your, what is it, number 11? We're right outside the top 10. It's a very important. Yeah. This is always the it most, con I feel like this is the most controversial. It's not even two. It's not six right outside the top five. Top 10, people ascribe a lot of meaning to being a top 10 of anything, but top 10 in franchise history player. So this person is knocking on the door, right outside the door. Who is it going to be? People want to know. All right. So if you look at the last category, I've been doing this in categories. The last category was Doug gets mad at me. Okay. And we let off. It was 15 to 12 is what that list included. Yep. And we started off with Jamal Mashburn coming in at number 15. That's what got Doug mad at me. You can yep. see a Jersey of Jamal Mashburn in the background of this mm -hmm. pod. I hate doing it to him, but every time I I've done this twice now, thought about it seriously and had to put him there. Same thing happened here. Last category was Doug gets mad at me. This category, everybody else gets mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's mad okay? okay matt moore i share your pain i share uh oh it. In fact, oh no no in fact i share it a little too similarly no number 11 on the top 35 hornets of all time list is the one and only lamello ball oh my god yeah, oh my god oh my god mistake. people are gonna be so mad that's how it is oh my so, god on the outside of the top 10 <laughs> explain yourself all right so without revealing everybody, we already gave you the tease that Larry Johnson is second on the all-time Hornets list. I don't look. N nobody that cares about the team at all is going to care that LJ is number two. He deserves to be number two, right? We get that. Every other name on this list has either recorded an all-star appearance for this team, has recorded an all-NBA appearance for this team, uh... or appeared in 600 games with the franchise okay <laughs> so you've you've accomplished one or more of those feats if you are ahead of lamello ball lamello ball to be exact 
has not appeared in 600 games. In fact, he's appeared in 162, a little less than you might think, given that he's been three years in the league now, but he's been hurt. He only played 60 games or 51 games, I should say, in his rookie season. Started 75 his second year. So he got over that injury in the rookie season. That was great. And then this last season, man, I mean, every every two weeks, it was LaMelo having some kind of ankle injury. Something was happening to his lower body. It was frustrating. So flash in a pan wise. And look, LaMelo is going to move up in this list, right? Flash in a pan, meaning these three years. LaMelo is going to go up. Yeah, Lamelo is going to go top ten. Like he's Lamelo might be the best Hornets player of all time if he stays. All he's got to do is stay, Doug. He's got to rack up some All Star appearances for sure, but mostly all he has to do is stay to be the well, best. Just player wait five. We'll just wait five years, right? Because the Hornets will be right. celebrating their fortieth anniversary, and we'll be doing this all again. That's right. So by by the fortieth anniversary, that will be <laughs> eight years for Lamelo. That will be what I got. I don't want to do the math, but you're talking about 500 games there. Hopefully he stays healthy. So you get the idea, but Lamelo's only uh, played in 162. You're talking about uh, a dude. That's really popular. This is what, this is what I struggled Mm -hmm. with, right? Do I put him in the top 10 over someone that does have an all NBA appearance Mm -hmm. that was among the best free agent signings of all time, giving you a little bit of a hint there. So do I have him crack the top 10 with some of those guys mm-hmm. or do I have him right outside because mm-hmm. there is so much more to come, even if he is as popular as a lot of players that have ever come through the city of Charlotte. This one's tough, but I decided to go with 11 because he is only 22 years old. Oh, and by the time he, That's the second yeah. time we've said that today, just the second time on the show, we've said that he's only 22 years old. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. So this is this is why I have him at 11 uh, without revealing some of the other people that are ahead of him. I have him there because only three years, 160 games. Everybody else has accomplished something extremely meaningful with this squad. And that just hasn't happened with LaMelo, be it team fault, be it LaMelo fault. I would go more towards it being the team fault right now, (laughs) except for the injuries, which is no one's fault. That's why I have him at number 11. So, well, listen, well-thought-out argument. You make a lot of great points. Uh, all I have to say is, boo! Boo <laughs> this man! Right. Boo right. this man! <laughs> you know, here's the problem. Everyone's going to get on this chat and go, they. You know, they're going to use pronouns like they and and refer to us I know, as like, I've experienced we, it in reverse quite a few times. Yeah. yeah, we made this list. They don't know what they're talking about. I just want everyone in the chat to understand this is Walker's list. I do not condone right. I do post it, but I do not condone it. Um, I, I will say in defense of LaMelo being in the top 10, he has made this particular era of Hornets basketball, which has featured a lot of disappointment. It's featured a lot yep. of pain. It's featured a lot of inaction from the organization. He has made this era of Hornets basketball worthy of watching. He is the, he is the singular reason mm-hmm. why you would turn your television on to watch the Charlotte Hornets. And that, I think, um, deserves a lot of credit. Uh, it so does. that's all I'll say on that. It does. No. And look, he's ahead of other all-stars, by the way, right? Like we're talking about other all-stars that he's passed on this list that were also real popular. Where does LaMelo rank on the popularity list though, Doug? I mean, if we did just popularity, we're probably going top five, right? Cause I mean, probably right before Byron Mullins for sure. Yeah. I mean, Byron is maybe he's doing the sixth thing, but if you, (laughs) so if you go, if you go like LJ Muggsy, Kimba, 
Kimbo became more popular, but he wasn't immediately like LaMelo. Anyways, yeah, number 11 on the list. He'll be higher if we do the 36th anniversary next year. Okay, I've got to catch up on my nickname, my top 35 nicknames in franchise history. A little lightning round version of my list. Here we go. Picking up at number 17, it is Steven Jackson. He's got a couple of nicknames. Here's the first that shows up on this list, Captain Jack. He was the vocal captain of a playoff team and and a vocal captain that the Hornets organization really hasn't had since. Like, I think he's the vocal captain that the Hornets could use on on a squad at some point. Perfectly matched with Gerald Wallace, who was a leader by example. It was like a dual leadership role between those two. Uh, But Captain Jack, love that nickname. Number 16, God of Thunder, JT Thor. Oh, wow, I did not expect Thor to be up here this high. Okay. So, yeah, okay. I mean, the player hasn't hasn't totally matched, you know, the nickname yet, but I am president of the Over More Thor Cap movement. Jack. Okay. Okay, it's not my list. Well, okay, I'm just saying, God of Thunder, great nickname. If JT Thor lives up to it, this thing goes top 10. It's a natural <laughs> nickname, Thor. He already has a great last name. You add into it, God yeah. of Thunder. You don't play with JT at all. I love that. Just avoid that altogether and say God of Thunder. This is a nickname. There are a couple of nicknames on my list that Eric Collins, his call, raises the nickname to another level. This might not be 16 if Eric Collins didn't exist as part of the broadcast, but when he yells out God of Thunder, um, yeah. it's it's excellent. He's elevated a couple. This nickname to me is Bilal Kulabali, and Eric Collins is Victor Webinyama. This nickname is riding the coattails of Eric Collins and his call. So I grant you that, but I still think it's a great nickname. Okay, fair enough. I, I didn't meant, I didn't know we we're going to get Kulabali in there as well, but all right, sounds good. What's the next one on the list, Doug? Number 15, it's 15th, but it might be personally one of my favorite nicknames, a player that did not play very long for the Bobcats organization. It's Jamario Moon, and it's Apollo 33. Okay, why is it one of your favorites? Well, because I'm a space nerd. I love anything involving going to space, going to the moon. Apollo 33 for a guy named Moon is just an excellent nickname, and I really wish Jamario who was a more of a, a D-League, G-League fixture than an NBA fixture, uh, would have lived up to it. I do have this um, note from a 2012 Bleacher Report article by Joey Pruitt at the time. Quote, Moon will not make much of a difference for Charlotte. No man will. <laughs> oh, stop right That's there. A great line. It's such a great line. It is such, mm-hmm. It's beautiful when you think about 2011-12 uh, Bobcats team, worst team in NBA mm-hmm. history, some say. And that's great. Moon will not make much of a difference for Charlotte. No man will. Still, he may be a decent start to putting some role players on the bench. The Bobcats don't need any more role players, however. They need starting talents. Um, What about, like, you know, it would be a one giant leap for Moon and one giant leap for mankind to help that Bobcats roster. That could have been in there. So so many missed opportunities because Moon didn't. He was picked up in the middle of that season and then let go in the offseason. Like, it just was a very short stop. His final stop in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was going to no, I was going to say I, I had another moon fact for you. I think he's a Harlem Globetrotter as well. And Whoa. we mentioned Booby Gibson. Yeah. And mentioned Booby Gibson. I think he was on that team. Uh, maybe he was after maybe Jamario was on the Cleveland roster after the final squad. But yeah, Jamario Moon, fun player. 
Well, I have another fun fact about Jamario. Before he landed with the Bobcats, uh, he was on February 24th of 2011. Moon was traded from the Cavaliers to the Los Angeles Clippers along with Mo Williams in exchange for former Hornet, who we've just seen recently, Baron Davis, and an unprotected first-round pick. That unprotected first-round pick that went to Cleveland ended up being number one overall, and it ended up being Kyrie Irving. So Jamari Moon involved in a trade that really uh, shifted the balance of power in the NBA. So there you go. Really was. Jamari, man, what a blast from the past type of name. That's a great one. All right. Do you have any more that you're going oh, with? I got two more. I got a, okay. I got a two packer here, two more, and you're going to love these. Number 14, uh, the old heads are going to know this little fun fact. The Hornets for two seasons, Alonzo Mourning was backed up by Robert Parrish, whose nickname was the chief. <laughs> Yeah, Chief, it's a great one. My dad also played against him in college, wow. and it went about as well as you could have, uh, you, you might think. Yeah, and and my dad was taller. Like, look, you're talking about oh players back then. So here's Robert Parrish being seven feet tall and the center for Wabash, okay, in Indiana. That's where my dad played. Wabash and Robert Parrish played at Centenary. And my dad at 6'7 was the starting center on the squad. And uh, it didn't go well. You know, he he says Small he put ball. up a good fight. But, yeah, Robert Parrish, uh, <laughs> Robert Parrish certainly got the better of him. Uh, nicknamed after the very silent and very large Native American character in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That is the origins of the nickname. He spent two seasons, as I said, backing up Zoe. Oh, the days when the Hornets had a legitimate center rotation. They're getting there. No, no slight to Mark Williams. He's getting there. Nick Richards, big Nick energy. Got to get more of it this season. But they had a legitimate center power once upon a time. A, a lot of people that do know that Parrish played for the Hornets, like me, I think mistakenly thought that he ended his career with the Charlotte Hornets, but he actually didn't. He would move on from the Hornets uh, to end his career in Chicago, and he got another yeah. ring with the 96-97 Bulls as a third-string center. So there's your fun fact about Robert Parrish. People Golden learning State a lot through still- these lists, you know? Yeah. People learning a lot. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. Doug Branson's nickname list. All right, what's All the right. next one on? This is a special treat. This is a special treat for pe- for the hardcore of the hardcore listeners, watchers of this show that have stuck around for minute thirty eight of this show. Number thirteen. <laughs> it's the last one I'm doing. It's Robert Trailer. It's Tractor Trailer. It's so good. I, I'm glad that this one's high on the list. Yes, R.I.P. Mr. Tractor Trailer. It's a great nickname. Do you have any other nuggets on that? Oh, uh, he was thick. Like a tractor trailer, that's going to be the origins of the nickname. He was uh, <laughs> yes. he was unfortunately caught up in the Chris Webber Michigan pay for play scandal that wiped away literally his entire. I think he got an NIT Most Valuable Player award. All of that got wiped away by that um, incident. Just Big you know, a lot of these ed. players ahead of their time. You know, if they had just played in this new era of of college basketball where you could get paid, um, you know, none of this pain would have had to happen. Um, so unfortunate. He was a top 10 pick in the NBA draft. Did you know that tractor trailer? I did. I actually did. Yeah, he was he was nice. And I know that everybody wanted the big guy for sure. You talk about plus the nickname that probably boosted his draft stock just a little bit to get up into the top 10. And so tractor trailer is a great mention here. He was sixth overall in 1998. Do you know who the Hornets took in that draft? 1998 draft. They were uh, towards the bottom of that draft in 98. Do you remember who they took? Hmm. No, it would take too long. It's okay. going at a minute 40. Now it would take too long for me yeah, to yeah, try yeah. to find that in my brain. I'll tell you, it was Ricky Davis. Okay. Okay. And this is important for this list in particular. 
He doesn't show up on this list, but he probably had, I had to eliminate a few that were tough. He was probably, he had a couple that were on the honorable Menchies. He probably has the most nicknames of anyone I found. Ricky Davis. I'm just going to run down the list of nicknames that I found for this man. Ricky Buckets. Grits and Gravy. So good. Lil Wardy. (laughs) I don't know. Get Buckets. I'm at four. I'm not done. Slick Rick. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, that's you got to go with Slick Rick. And the last one, probably the most unfortunate one, is Wrong Rim Ricky. Yeah. Do you, you know, remember? Do yeah, you remember the course. origins yeah. of Wrong Rim Ricky? Yeah. Not with he, the Hornets. Did the Didn't whole, do it with the Hornets. That's right. It's the whole I'm gonna miss a shot on the other team's goal so I can grab a rebound and record that arbitrary <laughs> triple double because it matters and we got double digits and everything. Oh. All right, that'll do it. Ending on a Ricky Davis nickname quest with one Doug Branson. He has plenty more on Ricky Davis on his sub stack. Just go check him out. Everyhornetsboxscore.com. And you can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make your second listen game to game NBA, especially when the season starts. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers. Every single game from across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Wiggle Room. 